0: You're listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Well, hello and welcome to the September 2013 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. My name's Shane. I'll be our host today. And uh, before we jump into today's topic, I want to mention something that might be available to you. It's called Unleashing Your Leadership. It's two months from now. November the 12th through the 14th, that's a Tuesday through Thursday, where you get specific leadership coaching from Perry Noble. Uh, we've been doing this for several years. You can go on the website at unleash.cc and see testimonials. But we, we hear year after year, uh, session after session, how much this helps church leaders. And it's open to senior leaders uh, and any leader, really, at any position in a church. You want to make sure you're there. It's limited seating. A limited availability and so why, while there are seats open you can check that out at unleash CC uh, today's topic is just simply this help I'm a new leader and so we're going to jump in uh, to that topic today Perry you know one of the things uh, that we know is vital to a growing organization is finding and developing new leaders a new and as new leaders are put in place they face specific challenges uh, that sometimes leads to pitfalls today we want to talk a- talk to the young leaders out there and provide some information that we think will help them in the early stages of their leadership. Uh, With that said, Perry, why was this an important topic uh, that you want to address in this month's podcast?
1: Well, one of the things I've um, always tried to be is like a a student of leadership. And one of the... I think one of the best leaders on the planet is Brian Houston at Hillsong Church. I I think that Pastor Brian... um, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the most amazing leaders, period. And I asked him one time, I said, how has Hillsong um, Church um, stayed so sharp and stayed so focused And for over 25 years now? Because the, the, the myth that exists in church world is you get momentum for a little while and you enjoy it, then it goes away. But for 25 years, Hillsong's been growing. Um, and the last I checked, those guys aren't hurting at all. I mean, there's a hill song. I mean, they got a hill song. They'll have a hill song on the moon before we know it. I mean, they've yep. got conferences. I mean, they got um, – well, they have conferences, but they have churches all over the world. And, and I remember Brian said – and I'm not even going to try to do his voice because he's got one of the coolest voices in the world. Um, but he said, uh, we hire young on purpose and I never will forget that because at the time I was young but now I'm kind of like the old man on staff and I was like oh my gosh we got to do that we got to hire young leaders but there's some similarities between young leaders and new leaders you I mean you might be 50 60 years old and you just inherit a leadership position so we began to notice some challenges among New leaders, not just young leaders, a lot of young leaders, but new leaders. And we said, hey, we need to dive in this month and really deal with this topic.
0: I love that. Um, before we get into some specific ideas uh, for new or young leaders, what would you tell our more seasoned listeners uh, is key to identifying new leaders? Two things, influence and grit, influence
1: and grit, um, Leadership is influence, is what John Maxwell says. Um, people that are able to influence people are leaders. Whether they have the title or not, the most influential person is the leader. Um, second is grit. you got to look for that person that has determination. A lot of times, um, and I watched this on a, on a TED Talk um, uh, probably in the past month, where there was a lady talking where she had done a massive research project. And she said it wasn't the smartest kids because they did a research thing and they studied these high school students and they came back and saw them 10 and 15 years later. And it wasn't always the smartest students that really excelled in life. It was the students that were willing to work the hardest. And so um, that those are the two things that I try to tell leaders to look for is find the person with influence and determination and you've got an unstoppable leader on your hands.
0: That's good. How important is it for an organization to invest into developing new leaders? If
1: you're not investing in developing new leaders, you're planning for your decline and ultimate failure, period. You've got to have a system and a plan in place to do this, because if you don't – well, one of the things we talk about in the Leadership Intensive – is that uh, you've got to have capacity and and you've got to be able to expand the infrastructure. And if you're not expanding your infrastructure sooner or later, um, the stuff getting poured on the table, like if you're pouring Skittles on the table... Um, pretty soon the skittles start to fall off the table. And so you have to stop pouring the skittles and expand the table. We call that expanding the infrastructure. And if you're not expanding the infrastructure in your organization by finding and developing new leaders, sooner
0: or later, you start to decline. What would you say to uh, the senior leaders out there, the more seasoned leaders out there that identify – Uh, young guys with or young gals with influence and determination and just to fall under the thought that well leaders are learners and so they'll take care of themselves how important is the generation that's ahead or the leaders that are there before to actually take their time to invest into training up new leaders um yeah
1: the whole people older people say that leaders are learners because they're lazy leaders are learners But leaders learn from people that lead. And so we have a responsibility to the next generation to not just stand and bark orders at them, but to sit down and explain to them. Let let me me just say it this way. It's real easy to tell people what to do. But as long as you're telling people what to do, you'll always feel overwhelmed because these people are always going to come to you to try to figure out what to do. But if you will stop and explain why you do it, hey, this is why we do what we do. And they understand the why, they'll figure out the what. And then once they figure out the what, you've got to leave the how up to them. That's that's another place where older leaders get in trouble with young leaders or new leaders. We try to tell them how to do something when we should just be explaining why to do it. Mm -hmm. They'll figure out what to do. And
0: how to do it, because they're leaders that have influence and determination. I love that. Uh, let me ask you this question uh, spe- specific toward uh, the new leaders out there. Sometimes uh, a new leader will think their position alone will get the team to follow them. Why is this a wrong assumption, and what should a new leader expect as they step into a new role?
1: You know, I learned this at my very, very first um, staff position. Uh, the I'd been a Christian for a year. Um, I joined this staff the Sunday before I got there. The pastor and the choir director um, both left the church uh, and the church split. So my first Sunday, I walked into a church split, years a Christian, only staff member, and I thought, these people are going to follow me (laughs) because I am a staff member, and I have an office, and I have a name tag. I don't think I had a name tag, actually, but um, I figured I had a title. And I've learned very quickly— It was a little bitty church in Pickens, South Carolina, and it took me about a week and a half to learn I'm not the leader. There are people in this church that have been here way longer than me, and they have influence. Um, There was a lady in the church named Karen. Karen was the leader, one of the major leaders in that church. And so if I wanted to do something in the youth area, if I wanted to see something happen, if I had a strong vision for something— I didn't have to go convince anyone, but Karen and her husband Carl, and Karen and Carl loved the Lord and loved that church, and they were such influencers that they would go home, make some phone calls, and they would get stuff done. And so that's I began to understand. Oh my gosh, leadership really is influence. And so I had to I had to stop relying on my position because that's where younger leaders, newer leaders, they go, I've have a position. People don't follow you because of the position you hold. They follow you because of the person that you are. And it takes between 12 and 18 months just to figure out what kind of person you are. So you're not really going to have any major authority with people until they really discover who you are, and that's when your leadership influence can take off.
0: That's really good. Uh, That kind of segues into this question. What would you say is the first thing a person should do Uh, once they're given a position in leadership?
1: Get to know the people you're leading. That's the most important thing you can do is get to know the people you're leading. People don't – I heard that years ago. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And people that think the leader cares about them will follow them. I think one of the things – I mean, I've seen this done. Gosh, I've done this. You get a leadership position. You go in, you call a meeting, you get all the people and you tell them about all the changes and you try to rally the troops. And most people are like, are they're sitting there in their head going, blah, 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 because they've heard it all before. Um, but if you sit down and get to know people and you actually care about people, you will lead them. Because and, and, let me back off a little bit more. Find out what their desires are. Find out what their heart is. Find out what they really want and help them achieve what they want because if you'll help people achieve what they want you'll have more leadership influence than you ever thought you would have
0: that's really good i've found uh you know something that's been helpful for me is you got to go in asking questions instead of making statements that is so good right you just start asking ask people questions about themselves and you mentioned that about what are their dreams what do they want to accomplish what do you want to see happen what thoughts have you had before i showed up uh, things like that, and you get them talking and just sit and listen uh, and not try to make a bunch of changes right out of the gate. Uh, with that, Perry, let me ask you this. What are some specific things a young leader can do to get buy-in from their team? Um, I, I, I keep going back to this, but this is
1: so essential. They need to know that you're going to listen to them. They need to know that you're willing to learn from them, and they need to know that you care about them. Um, it it goes back to taking care of people. One of the things that that I, I think one of the mistakes I made as a new leader, oftentimes, as I thought, it was my job to make declarations and lead the charge and come up with the vision, and I'm Moses on top of the mountain coming down with the Ten Commandments, and not understanding that man, God has put people in 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 my organization, whether I was. In a small little church and I had a youth committee or now at New Spring where we've got, you know, eight campuses, it's still my job um, to care way more about people. This, this, this 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 is where it goes. It's my job to care more about people than honestly I care about myself. A leader doesn't do what's good for them and watch the people suffer. A leader will do what's best for the people, and when the leader ceases to do what's best for the people, they've ceased to be a leader, and they've started to be a dictator. And everybody loves a leader, but nobody loves a dictator.
0: How long uh, would you – well, you mentioned earlier, it's a good 12 to 18 months, and I would agree with that, before a new leader is really going to start to see any leverage and influence. But what would you say uh, to the young leader out there, the new leader out there, that is in that time period, they're doing – all the things that they should be doing. Um, but there's changes that need to be made. Mm -hmm. How should they move forward into trying to implement changes, even though they're still in the process of trying to gain influence? There
1: is no progress if we're not willing to embrace the process of leadership. Um, that is so vital for every leader to understand. Um, we all know the story, if you are listening to this and you have any knowledge in the Bible whatsoever, of David and Goliath. I mean, good gosh, we, we know that story, we taught that story. <clears throat> but so often, we lose sight of what happened in that story. We always talk about David fighting and beating Goliath, but we don't understand. There was a process before David made it to the battle lines. Um, in chapter 16, we see he got anointed by Samuel. But he didn't say, I'm anointed, follow me. Um, By the way, if you have to claim you're anointed, you're not, so stop it. Um, But he didn't claim he was anointed. He simply said, you know what, I'm going to embrace the process. What was he doing? He was a shepherd. Sooner or later, Saul began to get tormented, and they said, hey, you should go find um, somebody that plays the harp. Somebody knew about David. Um, He obviously played skillfully enough to receive the attention. Next thing you know, he's playing for Saul. He becomes known in the military ranks. In 1 Samuel 17, we see his dad say, Hey, David, why don't you take some bread to your brothers um, and take some cheeses to the commander of the army? They're out in the Valley of Elah fighting the Philistines, and David didn't go, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm anointed. I am going to be the king one day. David simply embraced what his father asked him to do. He was humble. He was a servant. He wound up at the battle lines. He started asking questions. The next thing you know, he's ushered in front of Saul, and the next thing you know, people are naming their children after him. Here we are thousands of years later. But it's not because he was just anointed. It was because he embraced the process that God put him in and was patient enough to walk through it step by step. And the problem so often is you have leaders that want progress without the process. And if you're not where you think you need to be, Just ask the Lord, like I've had to do so many times, what is my next step? What am I supposed to do next? Listen, Jesus, David, they had something in common. Jesus, David, they had something in common. Their ministry didn't start until they were 30 years old. Joseph, same thing in the Old Testament, 30 years old. Moses, 80. There you go. I mean, he was 40, killed a guy, had to go in the desert for 40 years, and then he's 80 and God asked him to lead a relocation project, right? So I'm talking a lot of people are like, I'm 18, I want to conquer the world. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying you can't make a difference because you can. I'm just saying if Joseph, David, and Jesus didn't really begin to do solid ministry until the age of 30, Maybe there's something magic about that age. And it doesn't mean, you know, if you're under 30, you don't matter. No, it just means under 30, you work as hard as you can, you serve as hard as you can, you learn as much as you can, you do as much as you can, so you're ready to take off when Jesus says, hey, let's go to the next level.
0: That's really great. You know, that reminds me of Psalm 78, uh, I think it's verses 70 through 72, where... The Bible says that uh, David was called out of a sheep pen, and he was uh, placed over the people of Israel, and that he led them with integrity and a skillful hand. I love that because David didn't strive to get out of the sheep pen, God called him out of the sheep pen. That's
1: true. After That's all good. the
0: things that you, you just said he had went through in preparation, and then he led them with integrity and a skillful hand. Integrity means he cared about people, like you talked about earlier, and with a skillful hand mean he was great at what he did. Absolutely. He worked to get better. Uh, Looking back over your years of leadership, and you mentioned a couple things already, what are some mistakes, uh, again, that you can highlight um, that you made early on that you could warn our young leaders about? Um, Let me tell you about something I did wrong, and then let me tell you about something
1: I did right. We'll take Um, that. Yeah. Something I did wrong was that I would, as a young leader, I would recruit people to um, serve with me, And I didn't understand they were serving with me. I thought they were serving under me. And that's a major, major fault with with young leaders. Um, Also, (laughs) I still remember this. I would recruit them, ask them to do something. I wouldn't train them. I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't teach them how to do it. I would just cut them loose. And then they're completely frustrated and I'm just telling them, well, just do it. You need to pray more. You need to work harder. You don't love Jesus or whatever. I remember I recruited this couple one time. I felt, I still feel horrible about this. I recruited them to teach youth Sunday school. I was As the youth pastor, I somehow got put over youth Sunday school, which was weird because I thought Sunday school was a bad idea, and now I'm leading it, which that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. How do you lead something that's a bad idea? Um, but I'm, I'm over it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. And I finally was like, all right, you, you two need to teach. We all teach Sunday school. I took them out to dinner, recruited them. They said yes. And so they showed up the next week, and I just handed them. I mean, I was in a little Baptist church, so we had the Sunday school material, and I just put it in their hands. And I went, man, hope it goes well for y'all. And it. I mean, I remember the guy, and he's still a friend of mine, barely. Um, but he would call me and go, man, these kids aren't listening. And I'm like, Pray harder, try more, do more, you know, and it, I, put them, I put them in a position but wasn't willing to sit down and coach them through it. I just assumed, um, Larry Osborne calls it gift projection, where you're like, okay, I can teach, and so I think because I can teach and I can see things in the Bible, everybody ought to be able to do it. And I thought they would step into it and do it well. And while it, you know, eventually we got it turned around. Eventually they became the the couple that the kids in the class absolutely loved. But it was rough at first because I wasn't willing to train them. I just thought they knew how to do what I was asking them to do. Um, something I've done right. And this is where I see this. And it's a little, to be honest with you, disturbing when it comes to young church planters young leaders is, as I look back on some of the things that I did, one of the things I was always willing to do is pay the price to get developed as a leader. Um, You can either complain about the price or you can either pay the price. And there are too many young church planters, young leaders that are always asking for a scholarship that are always asking for a handout, that are always asking for a donation. They'll send us an email. I remember we used to have the Unleashed conference. It was $39. And we would get an email from a church planner going, can you scholarship me? And I'm like, no, it's $39. You just sent me this email sitting in a Starbucks, typing on your iPhone, drinking a $5 coffee drink. No, we're not scholarship. It's 39 dollars and so i remember um being a youth pastor in my first church and finding a youth conference and it cost fifty dollars to go to this youth conference and going to the deacons and saying well y'all send me this and if you're not going to send me to this i'm going to go and i'll find fifty dollars i didn't have fifty dollars but i'll go and i remember they sent me to that conference and i remember um Buying books on leadership. I remember, Shane, one of the most important decisions I ever made, 1996, was the first time I'd ever heard John Maxwell preach or teach or whatever, and he taught on leadership. I'd never heard anybody talk about leadership, and I had to make a decision that day. John Maxwell used to have this thing he called the Enjoy Life Club, and the Enjoy Life Club put out a leadership tape, a tape, not a CD, Yes, a cassette tape every month. And they would mail you a tape with the outline and some little sticky notes, and it was $10 a month, $120 a year. At the time, I was making $16,000 a year. That was my full-time salary. My first job was sixteen grand a year. Um, no insurance, no benefits, no anything. Just that's it. So 120 bucks to me was like a major, and I didn't go up to the table and say, do you all have a scholarship for young, starving youth pastors or whatever? I remember making the decision that day at the table, I'm going to invest in this, and I would get a monthly leadership tape and I would listen to it, I would grow, I would learn. Um, Young church planners often call, not just our church, but they call other churches going, we all sponsor me. Will you do this? Will you do that? Here's the thing young leaders need to know. If you don't pay the price to grow, Somebody else will, and they'll grow past you. And pretty soon, you'll be a 50-year-old guy talking about what you thought could happen when you were 20, but you wouldn't pay the price, and you sat around on your butt, didn't do anything for 30 years, and watched your life go by. And at the end of the day, that's your fault. Proverbs, this is a major proverb that got me. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Yeah. Hello, I mean you've you've got to do what you got to do, and so with that, let me just go ahead and go ahead and plug the fact that we have unleashing your leadership coming up in a couple months, and people have said it's eight hundred fifty dollars. Why is it so expensive? Let me tell you why it's expensive. You're paying for the commitment. Period. So if you want to come to that, that's great. Hey, if you don't want to come to that, there are other great, great, great things out there. Tony Morgan, TonyMorganLive.com has a great coaching network. Um, you can go to conferences. You can go to Catalyst. You can go to – I mean, there, there's a there's a conference every week. Um, and, and that's the other thing. Don't become a conference junkie. Oh, my gosh. Just go to one, figure out how to do it. There's the leadership um, – the, the Willow Creek does the leadership thing every year. It's probably one of the best things. Um, Reed, I mean, read
0: uh, Growing Leaders Serve. dot or, uh, org by Mark Miller. vlog every, blog every day. day,
1: Growing Leaders dot org by Mark Miller is absolutely or actually awesome. maybe
0: it's Great Leaders serve. Great
1: dot org. Mark Miller yeah. is somebody's researching that right now, figuring it out. Yeah, I'm we'll have, sure they are. I'm, I'm
0: pretty sure it's Great Leader Serve. Great Leader Serve.
1: If not, we're going to buy Growing Leader Serve right now, and somebody buy that website. That's amazing. I love that. But, I, I, I Shane, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this. I'm just saying, if you're – I mean, I, I remember being a young leader and paying 20 bucks for a book, and some of my friends going, well, I would never pay $20 for a book. And here I am several years back looking back at them going, uh, yeah. and, and look, It was a good investment. It, it was a great investment. It was a great leader serve. There we go. There we go, thank you, Lindsay. Lindsay found it for us
0: and it's hey seriously it's awesome yeah it right? really practical is. wisdom uh, And, of course listen to Andy Stanley's leadership podcast every month
1: Andy Stanley's leadership podcast is the best leadership podcast out there yeah you should period. turn this one off and listen to yeah, that one what hey listen we're just we're, we're <laughs> I thought about doing a podcast one month calling what Andy said and yeah. just you know seriously good. leadership but those books, things are free.
0: Yes So you have no excuse Yeah, exactly Free Oh my gosh Yeah, go for it It just takes time and energy Well with that, uh, Perry uh, We're going to sign off for this month Man, uh, that last uh, few minutes was worth a lot of money If you want more than that Don't miss Unleashing Your Leadership in November uh, at Lund- un- All the information you need to sign up Unleash.cc and We do those a couple times a year too So you can get yep. in on-, on one of those coming up uh, So we're going to sign off And we will see you next month